When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 373 of Sustainable Minimalists. On this show, we discuss intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living two to three times a week. On today's show, we are discussing eight very specific household items. Should we be replacing them and upgrading them at specific and short intervals, or are such recommendations to replace with an upgrade just a sneaky marketing tactic? Now, before we do all of that, it is story time. I have to set us up as to why I'm covering this at this precise moment. Over the long weekend, I was relaxing, chilling, all cool, just loving life, doing no work. And in my inbox pops an email. The email comes from Wirecutter. Wirecutter, if you're not aware, is the New York Times' product recommendation service. The title of the email was Time to Replace the 17 Household Essentials, and I immediately rolled my eyes. I found this to be incredibly audacious, incredibly annoying, first from a non-consumer standpoint, right? The audacity to just slide into my inbox with claims that I need to buy, buy, buy. Because of course, the article that was in the email that I was supposed to click on was just covered, infested with these affiliate links. And of course, being the skeptic that I am, I did read the whole article and I did read it with a cynical eye. Now, I have been quite vocal in the past and especially recently on the show about my love and adoration for the paper of record. I generally enjoy Wirecutter's recommendations. If I need something new, I do generally trust Wirecutter's product testing. But the article we're discussing today from Wirecutter that slid into my inbox was essentially a guide for when homeowners should swap out items that we likely use most days of our lives. The argument that the article was making was that plenty of items around our homes need to be replaced every so often because some of them trap germs or bacteria in them. Others use their efficacy as the years and months go on. And so on today's show, we're discussing eight of the items in the wire cutter article. I said, I already mentioned, I read the whole thing. And then just for giggles, I did my own research. So I'm going to outline eight of the items, and I am going to suggest whether as per my research, you should replace, repair, or just keep on using. 
And of course, if I do suggest you replace, you already know I'm going to be suggesting ways to make your replacement more eco-friendly, more eco-conscious. All right. So the eight items we're discussing today are in no particular order. The first one is your toilet bowl scrubber. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. I almost never think about my toilet bowl scrubbers. I have never replaced them since we moved to this house, which was over eight years ago. But Wirecutter recommends, and I quote, that we should all be replacing our toilet brush every few months or whenever we see the bristles start to bend, whichever comes first, end quote. Now, why? Why? Why should we do this? Apparently, as the bristles on the brush flatten over time, the brush handle can start scraping the porcelain bowl, which then creates scrapes in the bowl for bacteria to burrow. Okay, so what do you think about this one? Should you replace it every six months as Wirecutter recommends? Well, of course, I did my own research and I found that, yes, of course, the old school toilet bowl cleaners, the ones with the metal bristles, can and do scrape your porcelain toilet bowl. However, germs and bacteria in my toilet bowl are not concerning for me. It's a toilet. There's going to be bacteria in there whether there are scratches on my toilet bowl or not, right? So I personally am not going to rush out and buy a new toilet bowl scrubber anytime soon. But what I am going to do is I'm going to care for the one I have better. So my verdict to you, don't go out and buy a new one, but do care for the one that you have better. Good Housekeeping recommends that after every single use of this brush, you fill the toilet brush holder with hot and soapy water, then you basically wash the brush. You swish the brush around before pouring the water out back into the toilet. You can even, if your brush is really old and really gross, you can add a few drops of bleach. You can leave the brush in the holder for 10 minutes to soak. You can even spray the brush holder with a disinfectant spray. And if you have time, allow the brush to fully dry before placing it back into the holder. So that's caring for what you already have, right? And I'm going to start doing this, I promise. Now, if you are thinking to yourself, oh my, I really need to replace my toilet brush scrubber, just know that there are eco-friendlier models on the market. I know that Tushy sells one. Hello, Tushy. They are the bidet company. They sell one with single-use pads made from discarded coconut husks. So you keep the handle indefinitely, but you put a coconut husk bristle on the handle, use it to clean the bowl, and then you can throw that out or compost it or do what you want. I've never used this product. I'm not personally vouching for it, but I have put it in the show notes, and I am saying that if you are replacing, don't just go to the store and buy the... $6.99 plastic one. We're better than that, aren't we, on this show? We can do better. And so that is all I have to say on toilet bowl brushes. (laughs) Next up, we're moving to water filters. Okay. What is a water filter? A water filter keeps your drinking water clean. They remove dangerous contaminants like chlorine and disinfection byproducts and heavy metals like mercury and lead and perhaps even arsenic. Your water filter may filter out microscopic bacteria. And at the same time that your water filter is doing all of these things, 
It may also be ensuring that important minerals stay in your water, like magnesium, like fluoride, like calcium, like zinc. You need those. You need those minerals. Water filters keep the good and get rid of the bad. Now, according to Wirecutter, we should all be replacing our water filters often. Faucet-mounted water filters should be replaced every three months. Pitcher filters, so if you have a Brita, should be replaced every two months. And if you have a refrigerator with a built-in water dispenser, you should be checking the manual as to how often to replace the filter in there. Okay, what's my verdict on this one? Should we be replacing water filters every two, three, six months? My verdict is yes, we should be replacing our water filters and we should be replacing them often. Depending on the water quality in your location, your health may be at stake at this one, and we never mess with our health. So read the manual for whatever model filter you have and set an alert on your calendar, set a to-do task on your Google calendar if you use Google, and go ahead and replace at the recommended interval. Now, if you don't have a water filter but think you might need one, it's been on your list of something you need to buy. I have heard it said that Berkey is the best, B-E-R-K-E-Y. I've linked to them in the show notes, and I'll just say over April vacation, my family and I, we went away and we stayed with family who had a Berkey water filter, and it was truly amazing. So I can now vouch for Berkey if you're in the market, linked in the show notes. Next up, we're moving on to sunscreen. Wirecutter says in their article that slid into my inbox, and I quote, if you have a leftover bottle of sunscreen from last year, you might want to toss it. Sunscreen breaks down over time, and most bottles are labeled with an expiration date that's no more than three years from when you buy it. And if sunscreen is left in the car or in direct sunlight, it can deteriorate faster. End quote. All right. So it is now summer here in the Northeast where I live. It was really hot over Memorial Day weekend. And yes, I have already started putting last year's half a bottle's worth of sunscreen on myself and my children. I will continue to do that. Uh, I'm not going to waste half a bottle of sunscreen that is not past its expiration date. I, I will not do that. I will not, however, use sunscreen that is expired as per the date on the bottle. I will not use expired sunscreen, but I will use perfectly decent sunscreen and I will apply it to myself and my children liberally. Now, a few things to consider when buying sunscreen because we're all gonna be buying it this summer, aren't we? There are two main types of sunscreen. There are ones made with oxybenzone and there are ones that are considered, quote, reef safe. So the oxybenzone ones are the ones that are quick and easy to apply. They come, you know, usually in a spray bottle. They go on in 30 seconds or less. They smell interesting. They do not make your skin white and they're cheaper and they're all the name brands. That's oxybenzone. Oxybenzone filters ultraviolet light. However, it also harms coral reefs. Reef-safe sunscreen, by contrast, is made with minerals, not chemicals. And so these mineral-based sunscreens will have either titanium dioxide or zinc oxide as the main ingredient, the number one ingredient. I should also say here, too, that 
The chemical varieties, the oxybenzone ones, they are suspected to be carcinogenic. They have parabens often, which are linked to reproductive issues. Oxybenzone sunscreens may also be endocrine disruptors. So when you're buying sunscreen this summer, go further than reading the label. Read the ingredient list. And if a brand has titanium dioxide or zinc oxide as its main ingredient, feel good about buying that, especially if you're going into the ocean. If you're not concerned about the human health issues, that's fine. But if you're going into the ocean and you're concerned about the coral reefs, definitely be taking the extra time to put on the mineral-based sunscreens. Yes, I know they're not as convenient. Yes, I know your kids will complain when you're trying to lather on this sunscreen that doesn't absorb as well into the skin, but just take the extra minute and just do it. And know that I'll be doing it at the pool and beach this summer right along with you. Okay, we're moving into another personal product, a beauty product, and that is mascara. According to Wirecutter, quote, Germs and microbes can fester inside a mascara tube after the wand has gone from your eye to the tube several dozen times. It is smart to replace your mascara every two to four months. Dun, dun, dun. So I've heard a lot about microbes going into people's eyes via their mascara wands, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I am saying it's probably quite rare. Like, have you ever heard of anybody get a severe eye infection or damaged vision from their mascara? I personally have not. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying it's rare. And so my verdict here, what I have to say about the replacing of the mascara is that, of course, in a perfect world, you are already just naturally, without even thinking about it, replacing your mascara every four-ish months anyway, because you're using it all. You're using it up. So when it comes to mascara, I do think that the common you know, advice, either use it up or do without, really works well here. If you have a tube of mascara from two years ago, perhaps ask yourself whether it's necessary for you to be replacing. So should you toss that mascara and bring a new tube of mascara into your home? Maybe not, because it doesn't sound like mascara is an important part of your beauty routine. So you can just toss the two-year-old mascara and not replace it. Maybe replace it in three years when you have a wedding to go to and you decide you need mascara. I don't know. It's just a thought there. I personally use mascara almost every day of my life. And so I'm just going through mascara. at <laughs> uh, as per Wirecutter's recommendations, because I use it every day. It's an important product to me. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out Izzy Zero Waste Beauty here. I interviewed the founder on a previous episode. I'll link to it in the show notes. But Izzy Zero Waste Beauty sends you mascara in a stainless steel medical-grade tube with a medical-grade wand. You use the mascara. You send back the the parts, the tube, and the wand, and they'll send you more mascara. If you're interested in learning more, check out the link in the show notes. But I will say that after airing that interview, they asked if I wanted to try the product, and I absolutely love Izzy's mascara. It's the best mascara I have used. It's clean ingredients, and it's circular. Zero waste. No waste to see here. So check it out if you're in the market for some 
innovative and highly effective mascara. So we're going to take our ad break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about surge protectors. It's fun. Surge protectors, nobody ever thinks is like fun, but I'm going to teach you something with surge protectors. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back on today's show. We are discussing whether we should upgrade and replace certain household items, including our toilet bowl scrubber our water filters, our sunscreen, and our mascara. And now we are on to surge protectors. First off, let's get on the same page. What is a surge protector? Now, I'll be completely honest. I'm really showing my ignorance here. I'm just shouting my ignorance from the rooftops. (laughs) But I'm not sure I understood that a surge protector was different than a power strip. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but it's it's my truth, all right? A surge protector protects our important electronics from a sudden voltage increase from power, so like a power surge, okay? Once a surge protector detects excess voltage, it will absorb and then divert the electric current from the devices, from our important devices, and into the ground. This will prevent damaging our televisions, our computers, our essential medical equipment, etc. Now, Wirecutter says that if your surge protectors lack an auto shutoff feature, 
you should be replacing them every three to five years. If you don't, they'll just continue passing power to your devices and the surge protection is worn out and so they'll basically just become a power strip. Wirecutter also recommends replacing surge protectors after any large electric event, like multiple outages over and over again, a lightning strike nearby, anything like that, replace your surge protectors. A surge protector, I think I've made clear, but let's just really drill down my point. A surge protector may look like a power strip, but they are different. They both can plug in multiple devices, but only one can divert a surge of electricity. So what is my verdict here? Now that I've educated myself all on the importance of surge protectors, my verdict here is to first determine whether you have surge protectors in your house or simple power strips. If you have expensive electronics that you don't want to break when there's a surge of power, perhaps you should consider replacing that surge protector. I mean, let's you know, pay a little bit for a new surge protector and potentially save your gigantic flat screen television from breaking, I would say that's a no-brainer. However, I would not suggest replacing all your power strips with surge protectors, with brand new surge protectors. That is a total waste of money and resources. I So let's go into my bedroom for a minute, okay? In my bedroom, we have two lamps, and my husband's childhood alarm clock from like 1990. I'm not joking. We still use an alarm clock. But anyway, our lamps and our alarm clock, they do not need surge protection. They need a simple power strip so that they all get electricity. So if you don't need surge protection, go on with your bad self and continue using your either A, old surge protectors, or B, your old power strips. We are moving on to item number six, and number six got me. This one got me, guys. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, and that is your plastic cutting boards. I have a general rule. It's not a hard and fast rule. I'm not militant about it, but my general household kitchen rule is no plastic in the kitchen. Better safe than sorry, no plastic in the kitchen. That said... My kitchen does have two small plastic cutting boards in addition to a big wood cutting board. And if I'm being completely honest, I prefer in some cases the plastic cutting boards because they're small. I can move them around the kitchen. And when I'm done using it, I can just shove it right in the dishwasher. So the plastic cutting boards go directly against my no plastic in the kitchen rule. According to Wirecutter, plastic cutting boards should be replaced every two years. And we will all know when our plastic cutting boards need to be replaced when there are deep cuts in the board. The deep cuts are bacteria and germ havens. Now, taking this a step further, again, the cutting boards really got me, so I went down a real rabbit hole researching them. Plastic cutting boards are usually made of either high-density polyethylene or polypropylene. Plastic boards are actually bad for our knives. They dull our knives faster than wood cutting boards. Oh, and can I just pause here and make an aside? If you're looking for a gift idea for somebody in your life for you, so maybe your birthday is coming up, maybe around the holidays, you don't want a thing, but you want 
a service, ask somebody in your life to get your kitchen knives professionally sharpened. This is an aside. We're not talking about cutting boards right now. We're talking about knives because that's how my brain works. It goes from thing to thing to thing. But last Christmas, my husband said, what do you want for Christmas? I didn't want a thing. I don't need anything. I have everything I need and more. However, I did need a service. I needed my knives sharpened. And we have one of those knife sharpening blocks, but it just wasn't doing it. My knives were dull. And so he took all my knives to a kitchen store down the road, and he got them all professionally sharpened. And oh my goodness, it's like cutting with new knives. We're now six months later after Christmas, but best gift I've ever asked for, best gift I've ever received. That's an aside. We're no longer talking about knives. We're talking about cutting boards again, but just a gift idea for yourself or for a loved one. All right, back to cutting boards. Wood boards are preferable, again, because they don't dull your knives as fast, but also because cuts and gouge marks from knives are way more forgiving in wood boards. Wood boards tend to self-heal over time if you care for them properly. So again, if you care for your wood board, they will last way longer than plastic boards and they will look phenomenal for years and years. So what's my verdict here? My verdict is that I am going to stop being lazy and stop relying on my dishwasher-friendly plastic cutting boards because, again, I do have a rule, no plastic in the kitchen, and I need to stop being hypocritical about it. So I suggest that if we have wood boards, if we all have wood boards in our home, we actually care for what we own. We care for our wood boards. I have linked to a very comprehensive article as to how exactly to care for your wood cutting board in this week's show notes. But basically, after every use, you just wash it. You just scrub your board with a sponge and hot soapy water. And of course, wash both sides of the board, even if you chopped on only one side. You don't want it to dry unevenly because if it dries unevenly, it will warp. Speaking of dry boards, you also need to oil it. That's as simple as buying an $8 bottle of mineral oil and putting it on with a rag every once in a while. So care for your wood board. If you don't have a wood board and you're using plastic and there's nothing wrong with your plastic cutting boards and you like your plastic cutting boards, don't replace them. Keep using what's working for you. But if they're not working for you, Go ahead and feel good about replacing them with the sustainable alternative, which of course is wood. Phew. All right. Those cutting boards, man, they really got me. But now we're moving on to mattresses. I have a lot to say on mattresses as well. Mattresses, according to Wirecutter, a typical warranty for a mattress is 10 years. However, just because the warranty says a mattress will last X amount of years, doesn't mean it will continue to work for you. The quality of the mattress's materials matters. Your weight matters. Your size matters. Whether you're rotating your mattress, all these things matter. And so my verdict when it comes to mattresses is it's not a smart decision. It's not a financially smart decision by any means to just replace your mattress every 10 years like clockwork. Replacing a mattress varies on personal preference. If you're having back problems at eight years, maybe it's time to replace your mattress. If you've been sleeping on the same mattress for 20 years and it's still working for you, maybe you don't need to upgrade it. 
I do want to say, and I want to make it so unbelievably clear, that there are so many non-toxic and eco-friendly mattress options on the market these days. This is a very important purchase. You're on it for like eight hours a night, a third of your life. It's an expensive purchase. So perhaps when it comes to mattresses, you really research the heck out of it before buying. Perhaps you purchase one made of planet-friendly latex or wool, which will last longer than the polyurethane foam mattresses of our childhoods. Now, I've covered mattresses before. Episode 256, I talked with the founder of My Greened Mattress, Tim Masters. And what I loved about my interview with him was he wasn't necessarily selling his own product. He was giving us vital information that we all need when we purchase a mattress. So maybe you buy from them, maybe you don't. Helix Sleep was a previous podcast sponsor. They have the Birch Mattress, which I now sleep on. Love it. Avocado Green Mattress may be a upcoming sponsor of this show that's not finalized yet, but be on the lookout for those ad breaks for a coupon code, perhaps in the next few weeks, maybe next month, for a coupon code to upgrade your mattress to avocado. Just some thoughts there. Okay, we're going on to the final household item that Wirecutter says we need to replace, and that is our smoke alarms. Wirecutter says, quote, all smoke alarms, whether they're smart alarms, whether they're not smart alarms, all alarms need to be replaced 10 years from the date of manufacture, not the date of installation. Now, if you're wondering, where can you find the date of manufacture? It's printed on your alarms. And if there is no date on your alarms, so I must say my house is old. We only replace them when they start beeping and they won't stop. (laughs) If you look on your alarms like I did and there's no date, that means your alarm was manufactured before the year 2000 and definitely 100% needs to be replaced. So what's my verdict here when it comes to smoke alarms? My verdict is, again, Smoke alarms are a health and safety concern. The health and safety of your family trumps any potential waste associated with discarding old smoke alarms. So go ahead, replace your old ones that are more than 10 years old from manufacture and feel good about it. Feel like you're doing the right thing for your family. The question though does become, when you upgrade, do you upgrade to a smart smoke alarm? A traditional smoke alarm. We all know and love them, right? When you're home, they beep. A smart alarm is different. They are able to directly contact you even when you're away. They could contact a trusted contact. So let's say you're on vacation. Your smart alarm can contact your neighbor down the street. A smart alarm may be good for vacation properties if you have a second home. They may be great for your elderly parent who lives alone. Maybe you install one in their house and you get notified if it goes off. So some thoughts there. The bigger question here, the umbrella question when it comes to smoke alarms is this. Should we be making every electronic in our homes smart simply because there are smart options on the market, simply because we can? Should everything be smart just because there are smart options available? I personally think not. There's, for one, a lot of extra 
parts and pieces and potentials for things to go wrong with smart options. I would also direct you to episode number 208 of this podcast, which has to do with EMFs. Just some things to think about there. So my final word for today's episode is that, of course, product recommendation articles want to be alarmist. They want to scare you into clicking on their affiliate links and buying more stuff. But as conscious consumers, we don't do that. We dig a little deeper and we make purchasing our last resort. Again, with some things, purchasing is necessary and essential and we're making informed decisions and we feel good about it. But with other stuff, let's jump off the consumerist wheel and let's again revert to making buying our last resort. Show notes for this week are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 373. I will be back tomorrow with a new headlines episode. We're talking about logs. L-O-G-S. Yes, we're talking about logs. So get ready. Tomorrow, Friday, is also my 39th birthday. So if you love me and you love this show and you want to support it and you listen on Apple or Spotify, please consider giving it a quick rating and or review. And you can say happy birthday in it and I will smile when I read it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you supporting the show. Apparently, those ratings and reviews are super important. So happy birthday to me. I'll see you tomorrow. Email me if you need me, and take care.